This week's episode of Aussie Tech is brought to you by Start New Company. Register your company immediately today with ASIC. ABN, TFN, GST registration is also available directly from the portal. Also set up your family trust and self-managed superannuation fund and more. All at startnewcompany.com.au. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash startnewco and keep an eye out for our regular specials. Start your new company now within 10 minutes of lodgement. All legal company documentation provided after registration. startnewcompany.com.au Also brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au. All our servers are operating on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, and more. Easy install WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, and 300 other one-click installations. Generous space and bandwidth, auto backups, WordPress help and maintenance plans are also available on contact. If your webpage is important for your business or your life, contact us today. Aussie support, secure services, athwebhosting.com.au. And now for the show. Welcome to episode 681 of the Aussie Tech Hairs, recorded on the 11th of June, 2020. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and this is my co-host, Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How are you? Good. What's up with you? Oh, you know, about that. <laughs> you have some, you might have some news about that bloke that was just on. Uh, rumor has it. I mean, it's all vicious <laughs> rumors. We know what that's like. But dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, rumor has it. He should be back next week, so the crowd goes wild for, for our who, patreon numbers double i know right <laughs> they're all waiting for the glenn yeah they're all they're all got asked in the chat again tonight when glenn's come back but yeah no he's um <laughs> he's he was going to turn up tonight but he just hasn't quite got a few things done so hopefully he's got a week got a week glenn you're on notice let's hope neither of us get any <laughs> Technical issues with our devices, Mr. We, T. We never have technical issues. I don't know what you're talking about. It's always somebody else's fault. <laughs> I'm blaming Zoom. Yes. As much as we sing its <laughs> praises, it was being painful tonight. Uh, I uninstalled my Wi-Fi, disable it, re-enable it, uninstall, reinstall. Now, in I that, thought, as I say, in your defense, that did work last time. <laughs> yeah. And then Mr. T is like, don't use the Zoom app. So I'm like, oh, I use the web app. Oh, that seems to work a bit better. Which was just a complete random. Th I didn't actually expect it to do anything, but you <laughs> actually you had a thought. I, th I thought, and my thought thunked. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah. How you been doing this week? All right. Yeah, not too bad. Did you get any of the rain? We had I don't know, cut a few mil yesterday. Cut mil the day before. It was pouring out at the radio station last night. I thought that all the heavens had opened up and they'd sucked up all of the uh, Tunkari Foster River and dumped the whole lot on Tunkari. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't have. I mean, we had a, a little bit, but nothing. Nothing. It too seems major. to be every week, last weekend, this week at least, I start doing my radio show. Within half an hour, it pours like crazy till about half an hour before the end of the show. 
and then it's gone. Well, that's fine. And then I can walk out to my car without getting completely drenched or having to get my brolly out. I was going to say, that sounds fine. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> right? It's very nice of them to do it that way. I reckon. So... Very considerate. But today I got my precious. Yeah. It's a hefty brick. Look at the size of... How many cameras do you need? <laughs> how many do you use is the question. Well, none for me. Nobody wants to see me, but... So what's that? It's, a the... Nice, it's the biggest phone I've ever had. Which one's that? Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra. Fair enough. I had to wait till it came into Telstra. They, um, last week, it was funny, my contract... I've, I've been on the uh, fast track new feeling contract. Sounds and like every year I could trade in my old phone and get a new one. Never have to pay off the phone, just paying for the usage. And so last Thursday, I thought, oh, my contract, I think, finished Wednesday. So I'll go in Thursday and see if I can get a new Samsung phone. So I go in there and we went through all the stuff, discussing all the things. And I said, well, what about the Ultra? And they said, oh, we don't have any in stock. So I said, oh, well, I guess I'll just get a Plus. And so he went and got the plus, uh, which color do you want and all of that. And then we sat down and he's like, okay, we run through all the stuff in the system. And yep, you're right to go. I just have to, oh, wait, it's not letting me do anything. It, it can't give you the new contract. Hang on. I'll go ask this bloke. So he goes off, he comes back. No, he doesn't know either. Hang on, I'll muck, he'll muck around. No, he couldn't figure it out. We'll get another guy. What do you think? Comes have a look. Well, yes. It says your contract ends today, so you can't get a new phone until tomorrow. Yeah. And we can't change that because the computer will override us, but it took three of them to figure that out because they're all like, it says your contract is done. No, it's not. It actually finishes today, so you come in tomorrow. So I was like, oh, well, he said, I'll put aside one of these um, Galaxy S20 Pluses for you and you can come in tomorrow. And then I went home and I was like, oh, screw it. I'll get the Ultra. Why not have a giant phone for a change? I always thought I needed something with a bigger screen or something. It's almost like having a, most of a tablet. And um, so I rang them back and said, look, don't worry about the Plus. I'll just wait till the Ultra comes in. So uh, they said maybe it'll come in by Tuesday this week. So I thought I'll wait till Wednesday. I rang them up yesterday. Has it come in? No, she's not here yet. Oh, I was thinking maybe I'll have to go out to Foster. Maybe they'll get it in there. And then today... Just before lunch, about 11 o'clock, they ring up. The Ultra's in. Quick, come get one right now. <laughs> so I quick run, have a shower, zoom down there. Oh, it's Boomer Day. Everyone got their pension, so they've all gone to the shopping centre, haven't they? <laughs> uh, car park's full, so I'll just line up behind all of these oldies who've I've got to go come in and pay my phone bill. I can't do it over the phone or via the internet or anything like that. I have to come and talk to somebody face-to-face. So I waited till they all went in and went in and got my ultra. Woo! What's the main what like what's the differences the main, the key differences? Uh well this has got the huge camera array on the back so it's got really really good uh camera it's got bigger size there's three different sizes and they get a bit bigger for each one and um this one has got better quality photos due to the huge camera array. Uh, more battery, of course, to run the bigger screen. <coughs> and they've just had an update that's supposed to fix a few things to make it even nicer. 
And that does and, the um, nighttime shots as well, doesn't it? The, the, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I just refuse to pay that sort of money for a new phone now. I don't. I, mean, have I know it's, it's not for you, but <laughs> for me, I won't. Uh, I won't bother with those. So I'll just get myself a Xiaomi and be done with it. Yes, <clears throat> I was. Yeah. I'm tempted by a Xiaomi or a Huawei. They're all pretty good. Mm. Um, Galaxy S20 and S20 Plus have 64 megapixel camera, whereas the Ultra's got 108. Um, the but does it though? Other... I mean. <laughs> You know, like that's no, like no, saying it does. No, it says on the website, you can't lie on the internet. You go to jail. It's like saying, you know, my camera's got a, you know, a, a ten megapixel, you know, rear facing and a six megapixel front facing, but the front facing sensor is half the size of the rear facing sensor. So really, it's only a one point five megapixel front facing. <laughs> you know, they play with the I, numbers quite substantially. Hybrid optical zoom. Versus 10 times hybrid optical zoom. What does that even mean? Up to 30 times space zoom or up to 100 <laughs> times. So you can see 30 yards away as if it was 3 feet away and see 100 yards away as if it was 1 yard away. Yeah, but is that optical or digital? That's optical. So it's got a 10 to 1 optical zoom in it then. 10 times optical zoom. It's one one uh, Optic is 3 times... Or ten times, and then the space zoom, I guess, is the digital one. Hmm, interesting. Then, uh, but then again, if you've got such a high-resolution photo to start with, you can digitally zoom it and not lose quality. 8K video. Yeah, because there's so many players available for that. Better nighttime. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. In, I'm, I'm sorry, instead of giving me 8K video, give me 4K at like 250 frames a second and let me do slow right. motion in 4K. Yeah, there's. I mean, but eight's a bigger number, so it's got to be better. That's why everybody's got eight K TVs, right? Well, it is four four K eight K is six. Is it sixteen times larger file size than a four K? I think that's how yeah. it works, or is it eight times? But yeah, it's it's exponentially mm. larger. But we're only just getting into the realm of having four K be commonplace. That's why the now. default phones are one hundred twenty eight gig. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's twelve seconds of video. Uh, Sorry, hard drive's full. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, even for this show, and like we only recently switched over to going to 1080. You know, I'm streaming in 1080 and and recording in 1080, and that's relatively recent in the last six or eight months. Prior to that, 720. Yep. You know, without who notices. And I can guarantee you, you going switching to 4K, you're not going to notice a difference on 99 percent of things. Like you can see this freckle a know, bit better. Like most people watching it on tablets and phones, not yep. that many people watch well, the YouTube only. videos. I mean, we you know, we watch some YouTube video, but the thing is, we've got a fifty-five inch LCD, and we watch all YouTube stuff on seven twenty, and it's perfectly fine. Yeah, we could load it at ten eighty, but it takes longer to buffer. So seven twenty, we watch it, and you know all the moves we stream, we stream at seven twenty, and you, you know, other than a handful of really fast action sequences. And even yeah, then, it's, it's negligible whether or not you're going to notice anything. Yeah, you know? I watched, um, what do they call it, Rogue One Star Wars story last week and uh, on the PlayStation, and I just rented the 720 version for three ninety nine. Yeah. Saved myself a dollar, and it looked perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, perfectly fine. You know. 
the okay. batteries uh, four thousand, four, five hundred, and five thousand milliamp hours. Five thousand. So that's five amp hour battery. That's a pretty chunky battery. Yeah. Four or forty five hundred. Yeah, that's decent. So I think the one in my notes, I think three thousand. So it's nearly double but the size. Womp womp. Yeah. Nowhere to but, plug in your headphones. Yeah. But you get the USB C headphones with it. Well, everyone uses Bluetooth headphones now, just about anyway. Yeah. I just use these. Yeah. You know, so I mean, as I was saying the other day, like you can buy a decent, decent like those um, going from Harvey Norman for sixty bucks or whatever they were, for yeah. the Bluetooth headphones and microphone, and they're fine. They're not amazing, but the, they're perfectly acceptable. The one thing I didn't like the mm. US the charger that comes with it, has got a USB C out on it well, that's because your phone's usb-c no no both ends of the cable are usb-c yeah, that's, mail that's becoming a more popular thing now i don't have that many and i just ordered three of those magnetic cables <laughs> that you recommended as usb to usb-c well on the upside you've so got to change... keep i've, got, I've you... got three adapters already that i'm just going to keep using yeah. them and the new one's going to stay in the cupboard because yeah you can just change the ends over if you have to, but yeah, I noticed that's becoming more of a thing. I noticed I was looking at a Raspberry Pi 4 and the power supply for it is USB-C the same as the 4 or on USB micro ends. whatever it is. Whatever the, I can't remember if it's USB-C or USB micro, but whatever it is on the Pi, it's the same on the on the power supply. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. And I'm not 100% sure why, but that seems to be a thing they're doing now. So you'll buy all new cables. Yeah, or not. Or not, which is <laughs> what my choice was exactly too. So that's why the adapter's going up in there. Well, same for the, the headphones, they're going up in the cupboard. It's even the same as those VR, the goggles you got me, the your old yep. ones, um, the, was it Vive or whatever? The, Gear VR. The Gear VR. They default to USB-C. Yep. For the phone to clip into them. And you could spend $35 and buy an adapter to make it work on regular USB. Or you uh, can just take it off and not use it. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't clip it and it still works perfectly fine without it. <laughs> just means you know you're, what's only, happened to, you're only limited you to how long your phone runs my, for. My Oculus Rift. <laughs> what would you do? It's now set up in my daughter's room and she uses it all the time now because I haven't used it in like 12 months. Well, it's funny because um, Roblox, which is a game that I've basically just... I, I have tried on a couple of occasions to play it and I just, I just can't. I can't get into it. But um, there's a lot of people on VR on that now. Apparently, it works really well on the VR system. Yeah, they got really good support so, for it there. It's, so since you're going to do a segue... <laughs> Before I do that, uh, yeah, right, I'll do this after that. We'll do those first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I've started getting into the Roblox, which I hadn't. I was, had a look at briefly a while ago because uh, my daughter was playing it. I was like, oh, this is just some kids, stupid kids game thing. But you can actually um, design your own games and program them in Lua and then sell access to things in the game. And there are people who are making like $10,000 a month, up to $50,000 a month. This is a game that I started playing that I'm quite enjoying is um, Fishing Simulator. And you get a rod and you do fishing. I've got that little boat that went past, little tugboat, so you can hop on there. And after you've got so many fish, you take them to the caster guy and you sell them, and then uh, you can upgrade your fishing rod and spear 
uh, by different boats. And then after a certain amount of fish caught, you unlock different islands. And across the ocean from where they're currently on this pier is the Volcano Island. And I've unlocked that. So I'm doing a lot of fishing over there for something different. They've got quests over there. The, they said um, the guys you talk to over in the island are NPCs. And they're like, oh, we've got a bit of a quest for you. To keep the island cool, since there's a volcano, we have a giant refrigerator at the top of the volcano, and it cools down the air around the island. So you go up to the guy at the top of the volcano, he's like, oh, yeah, the refrigerator's broken, so if you can find the four pieces that are scattered over the islands, then we'll give you some money or whatever, so you can complete quests there. Every They're very good with their puns, so this is the first guy you meet. His name is Mr. Rod knee because it's fishing so he's Rodney um, there's another guy who runs the fishing store whose name is Mr. Finn and they got a pet store opening soon so you can have pets like a parrot or a, a turtle and stuff that follow you around you can name them and stuff and they're going to be sold by a lady called Petricia so this guy is currently going over to Finn's supplies where you can upgrade your oh he's gone past it, go in the door you idiot there we go um, you go in, he's not going to, oh well, you go in there and you can upgrade your uh, fishing rods and um, spears. You can go spear fishing for sharks in the ocean and um, you can also, you start off with a normal backpack. You can see just at the bottom of the screen there, this guy's got this blue circle bowl thing on his back, which is actually a fish bowl that takes 36 fish for a backpack. So that becomes your backpack as a fish bowl. Um, the high, I think the highest backpack you can get is actually a washing machine that you carry around on your back. You can have like a couple of hundred fish in there and then you sell those and upgrade things and get higher levels. So I'm currently about level 15, 16, which is a, called a decent fisher level. But there are other things you can unlock. There's Deckard's boats because of deck. So <laughs> and uh, you get your own aquarium. So when, when you go in there, you get a room to your, that you own yourself and around the wall from uh, ceiling to floor is two huge fish tanks in a semicircle. Any of the fish that you catch, instead of selling them, if you like the look of them, you can put them in your aquarium and then invite friends or other people to come check out your aquarium. And it just seems to be really good. There's got nice um, tropical music going in the background. You can buy a radio so you can listen to music anywhere. If you want to buy uh, Robux and spend actual real, real life money, or uh, you can just play it for free. There's no need to pay any money for it. The majority, I think they said about 40% of people play Robux on a mobile device, like a tablet or something. So a lot of people are buying a tablet for their kids and then putting this game on there. Uh, if you're under 13, you register a kid's account. And uh, you can't see other people chatting. So if there's anyone swearing or whatever, they won't see it. But you can communicate with each other with a set of uh, preset phrases that you can send to friends and have friends join you and stuff like that into groups. And then you can all go onto different servers. And there's another game that uh, I've got linked there called Roville. And it's kind of like The Sims where you play the Sim character. So you can see the girl there just had a shower because you've got your health stats you have to keep up if they're getting a bit dirty and stinky you have to have a shower you have a sleep if you're getting tired you've got to keep yourself fed but you take up a job so 
you can work in different shops, like a hamburger joint, pizza joint, ice cream joint, that kind of thing. But the one I pick, which I think she's got, if you jump ahead a little bit, is working at a taxi company. And then it becomes a bit like crazy taxi, except for you don't get points for doing tricks and stuff, but you go to one location, you pick somebody up and then you drive them to the other end of town and you drop them off and then the next person is ready for you to pick them up. So it's quite a lot of fun and just relaxing, easy stuff. You can get really hardcore games like there's copies of all of the popular um, shoot 'em ups where you're uh, attacking each other in wars and you get different guns and weapons that you can upgrade and go into fights and They've got copies of, like, Fortnite programmed in there. There's um, Overwatch version that they've just got a different name, but it's essentially Overwatch kind of game as well. And, uh, yeah, if you can um, learn how to build things in 3D in the Roblox studio, you can make your own games and have people come in and uh, play them. So a lot of fun. Yeah, the only one I've done was um, the Skyblocks. Ah, yeah. Skyblocks yep. one. One so. thing that's really popular is they call obbies, which is an obstruct course, obstacle course, where you have to race against other people or against time to complete things, jumping over obstacles, ducking under them. they got things like temple run and that kind of thing where you're running across the temple, collecting the coins and jumping over things and ducking under things and stuff like that. And they're very, very popular. They've got simulators like Farm Simulator and things like that. A lot of pet things are very popular where you go on there and you earn money, you buy pets, so you end up with like four pets, a dog, a cat, and a bird and stuff following you around, and a lot of kids like that one too. But it's not just for kids. As I was saying, I was playing it and having a good time just fishing and doing the sim thing, but there's probably like 10,000 different games or more on there and new games coming out every week and people are upgrading them, adding on new um, updates and new things you can do in the games and new pets and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's quite good. I'm going to do some streaming of playing it. If you want to come on and do some fishing or whatever, let me know and we can team Doesn't up work. and go around the islands, have some fun. Yeah, well, it's, um, I was just looking to see if I could do it, but I can't because it's green screen, so <laughs> it doesn't work because <laughs> the island's green. Um oh. So I was going to um, show you my skyblock, but it's, oh, um, right. <laughs> it doesn't work with green screen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um yeah I I, I oh, look it, it's not it's not a horrible game. I just can't get into it. I think I'm just so so. There's a lot of games that are very similar in terms of the way they work. Whether it's Minecraft, whether it's um. Oh, I've got a whole Steam library full of them, but all those open world mining games and stuff like that. Um, but I just can't help thinking that they're all just not quite, they're all just rip-offs of Minecraft. <laughs> I know they're not, <laughs> but they're, they're just in my mind, that's kind of the way I feel. So, I mean, Roblox is fine. It's no better or worse than the other game. I, I just, I, I have tried on several occasions prior to play it, and I think the problem is I've never found anybody else who plays it. They're either all 10-year-old kids... Or they're all, you know, people doing, whether they're running a shop or, you know, there's just nobody just playing it for fun, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, we'll give it a go. I don't mind. I'm all set up for streaming, so that's not a problem. Yeah. We can do the dual stream. Yeah, we can have it on the weekend. <laughs> have a dual stream where you get two people streaming and people go to the Twitch dual streams and they can watch both streams at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, 
So yeah. So what I did want to say too is to th- I did want to thank our Patreons. Um, we do actually have a, a Patreon, as you can see there, patreon.com slash Techheads. Um, we currently have four Patreons. We had uh, Chris, who's our original, rock. and then David, who signed up. And in the last few days, we've had um, Daniel and Amanda D, and uh, <laughs> I like this one, Bouncing Yellow Skull. so thanks guys for that it really helps um it really helps us like with with you four guys doing this um that's now paid for our funding for our streaming for the month so we can you know that's one less thing we've got out of pocket so just a reminder that you know all the money that it's through there it won't go to pay us or anything like that it'll literally go back into the show and help support the show with hardware and software and programs and hostings and whatever's required and if it all takes off and makes all and makes any any money at all we'll organize something whether it's a christmas party or whether we do a get some merchant merchandise happening or we'll figure something out but um just remember this is our second and third jobs <laughs> it's not you know we're not paid to do this it's it's a love of passion and um we're not big enough on youtube to make any money there so we're not asking for money, but if you feel like you wish to help us out, that's the best way you could possibly do it. And also, don't forget, shoot us an email or a Facebook message or a Twitter message. Catch up with us. You know, Tell us what you think or feel or what you want to do or if there's a story you think we should cover. Like in the, uh, And that leads us perfectly to our next segue, which is actually uh, Justin in the chat room mentioned one that I'd read earlier but had forgotten about, that uh, an Amazon Fulfillment Center is coming to Brisbane. Um, I'll just add in, in case Glenn is listening, we could do with a link to our Patreon on the aussietechheads.com.au slash podcast page, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, I've told him that. Slacker. <sighs> <laughs> Come on, Glenn. Get with the program. Not like you're doing anything else. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so Amazon is to um, host a, a, yeah, a fulfillment center, tech and e-commerce giant. Amazon is expected to start construction tomorrow on a new fulfillment facility in Brisbane, representing the first in Queensland for the U.S. multinational. Uh, Queensland Glenn Premier... Goodman's Port Industry Park. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, held a Glenn, press you're making coming. more money than you took in Lytton on. <laughs> in Lytton, where... Industry Park. It's at Lytton, which is the Port of Brisbane. Uh, <laughs> 170 construction jobs are anticipated between now and Christmas. There'll be 200 ongoing jobs in the centre, and a lot of Queenslander local produce... Uh, products will be available and actually we're waiting for this for our shop because um, we heard this was coming we're waiting for this and we're going to be putting our products on here because it's local to brisbane now oh, so nice. it's going to help us there um the state government's been working with amazon for a number of years to get them to queensland and it's wonderful to have them yada 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 bullcrap 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 anastasia palaget yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so basically yeah it's i mean it's at the port of Brisbane, which is good because it's literally right on the port, so obviously there's going to reduce their incoming freight costs, um, and also their outgoing because it's one of the busy, it's the busiest transit hub in Queensland. So they've also got um, they're trying to trying to get them into um, Sydney and Melbourne and Perth and stuff. Oh, there are a couple around, but I don't think they're in a major city, from what I understand. I could be wrong, but uh, it's been a while since I've actually looked. But yeah, they. Um, That'll be cool. That means now stuff... Because at the moment, they're not too bad. I've ordered stuff from Amazon and it takes anywhere from 
I think the quickest I've received something is about a week. Um, yep. Anywhere up to six or eight weeks, depending on where it comes from. But hopefully, this will stop the whole out of stock thing that seems to be happening all the time. Like, yeah. lately I've gone to Amazon.com.au and just about everything I've clicked on has been out of stock locally and it's only come from overseas. So, hopefully, this will stop that from happening. Yeah, I haven't even bothered really looking at Amazon.com.au because of that. I well, I did. I actually switched over to primarily to that from eBay. Yeah. Um, but the last couple of months, it's just been horrendous trying to get anything. I've actually been using Kogan lately, finding stuff I want on Kogan um, more so than anywhere else. But even they're getting hard to get products now. Um, ah. So I've gone back to the last month. I've gone back to eBay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just one of those things. Got to go but, where it's at. Well, exactly. Nintendo has almost doubled the number of user accounts compromised by hackers in the past few months. The Japanese gaming Thanks. giant originally said that 160,000 Nintendo accounts were compromised, exposing personal information like the account owner's name, email address, date of birth, and their country of residence. In an updated statement, the company said another 140,000 Nintendo accounts had been compromised. Nintendo said the number increased as a result of its continuing investigation company said it reset those passwords and contacted customers the statement reiterated that fewer than one percent of all accounts were impacted by the breach news of account compromises came as early as march when users complained that their accounts were charged for digital items without their permission nintendo said in a tweet in april that users should enable two-factor authentication on their accounts but without saying why it took another two weeks before nintendo admitted that accounts had been improperly accessed but Nintendo still hasn't said how the accounts were accessed, beyond claiming that hackers got access to accounts by obtaining account passwords by some means other than our company's service. Its implication is that users may have used weak passwords that hackers cracked or reused passwords that were breached from other services and used by hackers to break into their Nintendo accounts. If you haven't enabled two-factor authentication on your Nintendo account yet, now would probably be a good time. Yeah, I mean, I just don't like two-factor. <laughs> I just have I've had so many bad experiences with two-factor authentication. It's just. Do you know what my worst was? Blizzard. Oh, I'm still having problems this with Blizzard. Stupid authenticator only works on one device, and Tell if you me delete the app or your phone crashes, you can never access your your Blizzard account ever again. You uh, have to make a brand new one. And not only that, I keep getting emails every week going, there's been suspicious activity from Portugal and wherever, and, you know, please log into your account to, you know... But it doesn't say... It, it doesn't say... It just says, if this was you, ignore this message. If it wasn't you, log into your account. <laughs> it's like, right. So you go to log into your account... Now, it sends it to my email, and then I go to log into my account, and it says the email address is invalid. What? Um, no, it's not, because you sent me an email saying, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the email I used to sign up with. Oh, Blizzard um, is such a pain in the back, so I don't have enough, I'm still having problems with them. You know, Thankfully, people, I don't really have anything on there. People use Google Authenticator, right? So you could use Authy and set up... 50 accounts on there and synchronize them all with Authy servers and no problem. Hmm. But Blizzard have to have their own authenticator, which is not compatible with anything else. Or itself, apparently. On that device. <laughs> yeah, itself. And then if you, if you delete it, or what happened with me, I had the Galaxy S8, and then I got the Galaxy S9, and I was like, well, everything is backed up. 
so I don't have to worry about it. So you upgrade, reinstall the app. It says, okay, log into your account. Oh, you can't log in without the authenticator. Install the authenticator. No, this is a new version of the authenticator, even though it's for your account. It's no way associated with it, only the one on the previous. So what you have to do before you do anything with your phone, you have to disable the authenticator from that account, mm. update your phone, and then download a new one and then reconnect it to the account. But if you just had a phone and it crashed and you had to factory reset it for whatever reason, which is a common thing that happens, yep. you're screwed. Yeah, so exact same thing. I don't know if you've heard of Zero, which is a, like an accounting software. Mm-hmm. One of the largest ones in the country, actually. And exactly mm-hmm. the same thing. Our work phone had the Authenticator app on it. And the work phone died, so we just didn't worry about it. It was a crappy old phone. Got a new phone, put everything on there, put the authenticator on. No, you can't log on this device. You have to deactivate the old one first. How do I do that? Anyway, I rung them up and said, phone's dead. You know, fix the problem. So we can't do it without closing your entire account and reopening it. (laughs) This is a commercial application that has multi-user privileges and, and multiple databases and multiple locations you, you can't just close your account and reopen that's not a thing that you can do it's it's a it's a you know it's Literally crucial to the business to have that information <laughs> like there's no way that they 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 actually can't reset the authentication app so we can't use yeah. another phone which means the only way we can do it now is by email by sending an email to the linked email account and then waiting up to like two hours for that email to come through to log into the application because you've got to do that every 30 days because your token expires. Ah, uh, cool. Look, seriously, zero. Get off. They fix things that aren't broken and ignore stuff that is. It's so annoying. Yeah. There's so many problems with them. And I contacted Blizzard. They're like, raise a support ticket if this is a problem. And I'm like, okay, here's all the info. And they're like, oh, to solve that, you need to take a photo of your driver's license and prove it's you and upload it. Did that two years ago. Still haven't got back to me. So I just went, stuff it, I'll create another account. But I don't use Blizzard for anything at the moment anyway. So I think the only thing I used Blizzard for was like, um, I like Hearthstone. That was about it. Yeah, I think I used it for like Command and Conquer or something like that like something mech warrior maybe or something that's activism i don't know something like that anyway like forever ago um yeah i play Hearthstone, but you can play that on steam anyway so yeah i had that one and um world of warcraft but world i don't of... play either of those anymore so I... it doesn't matter yeah i i could i could not get into world of warcraft just i just couldn't original warcraft I yeah i played it in the beta Warcraft, Warcraft 1, 2, yeah, not a problem. The expansion packs, uh, Orcs, whatever it is, yep, not a problem. But World of Warcraft, nah, can't do it. No. <laughs> not um, into those MMOs. Mm, well, I am. Very, just, very grindy. Yeah, it's, it's not even that. I just didn't like the gameplay. Uh, I, I, I just didn't like the way it played. I think that's that's all it come down to. There's nothing wrong with the game. I, I appreciate people who play it, and I understand why they do. But for me, it's just not, it's just not there. Nothing... Um, okay, so a couple of quickies because I like a good quickie. Um, that's nice <laughs> no hey, know what I mean? Know what I mean? I'm just, 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 I'm, I'm, anyway. Um, Mark, <laughs> good, yeah. What? <laughs> Put your teeth back in and try again. Sigh. Google 
is really annoyed you're using Microsoft Edge. Ever Me since too. Mo- <laughs> yeah, no, we all are. It's not just them. <laughs> Ever since Microsoft's new browser emerged, it made Google a little uncomfortable. So Google's created a new, slightly irritable message for those who log on with their Gmail accounts and Edge. Um, where are we? Is this the Googleified Chrome image? Google from is very that one. Google, from its very beginning, thought it was so clever. It never really had stopped thinking that. And when it discovers competition from what it deems done over the source, Google can become irritable. Um, the last chapter, for example, is this riveting browser scuff with Microsoft. Once upon a time, Google created Chrome, a browser that actually seemed to work. Humans fucking fools they are immediately forsook. F- 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 forsook? Yep. Hmm. They're old browsers. Why Chrome's market share... To 50%, and then came Microsoft with something oddly competent. Yes, it was still called Edge, but that Edge was smooth and surprising, which could something to do with the fact that it's based on on Chromium platform. Google seemed miffed that Microsoft had created a functioning browser and told Edge isn't secure, which is odd coming from a company that's just been sued for allegedly tracking users' privacy data. <laughs> Microsoft and Usoft, but sturdy version, imitated that apps from Google's Chrome Web Store mess up Edge's inner workings. But then Redmond realized it didn't have somebody to find Edge extensions, so it started to recommend Chrome Web Store extensions. <laughs> a truce, peace, no more for firing browsers. Oh, but now Google won't let it go. They've spotted that when users suddenly log on to their Gmail account from a new device via the strange browser that's the new Edge, they get a sta- standard security alert message. But a large part of it is now a slightly sloppy suggestion that it should be using Chrome instead. It reads, make the most of Windows 10 with a Chrome browser. Chrome is a fast, simple, secure browser built for the modern web. Does this mean the Edge is slow, complicated, and insecure, built for clacks and paper? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you tell me Google is to advertise wherever and whatever it can. You also tell me Microsoft does something similar when you use Hotmail via Firefox. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, they're doing, they're, they're doing what Microsoft did to everybody else a few years ago. <laughs> You can't use that. That's you can't use Netscape on our computer. <laughs> no, no. Remember when they forced them to choose your default browser when you installed Windows? Yeah. They're like, we you have to pre-package five different browsers, and then people get to pre-choose them when they start. And they made made i.e. the top one. Yeah. Eddie. <laughs> oh Here's IE. Scroll down six pages. There's yeah. Chrome. <laughs> Go down another six. There's Opera. That's it. It's um, there. Technically, it's there. WhatsApp um, claims it fixed an issue where it was showing users' phone numbers in Google's, Google search results. The change comes after security researcher Athul Jerome revealed that phone numbers of WhatsApp users who used the click-to-chat feature were being indexed with search. Click-to-chat allows users to create a link with their phone number in plain text. According to JRM, because the links don't have a robot.txt file in the server root, they cannot stop Google or other search engine bots from crawling and indexing the links. JRM says as many as 30,000 phone numbers may have in Google search. 300,000 phone numbers may have appeared in Google search results and they can be find, found by searching site colon wa.me. As TechCrunch notes, JRM isn't the first to report this issue. We bet... We bet Wow, Beta Info <laughs> pointed it out in February. While the issue seems to be fixed, it's a pretty big security flaw, and apparently it's been a problem for at least several months. 
according to Facebook, it was already working to fix the issue, and the phone numbers found by JRM were old results cached by the search engine. Of course, nobody uses the same phone for more than a few months. Yeah, that's right. What difference does it make if they're old, your phone number from five years ago that you still use? Or one from last week that you still use, yeah. Yeah, according to Facebook, those should be removed as the site continues to re-index websites and finds the no index tag. Yeah, I mean, that's been for as long as I can remember on WhatsApp, it's done that. Yeah. We use it at work, unfortunately. Um, Somebody decided it was a good messaging platform. Yes, our work uses it as well, but I'll give you a clue. It wasn't me. We use that lovely Microsoft Teams, which is also not ideal. No, well, and we use um, oh, what's the other one called? I can't think of the one. We, we had HipChat, which was fantastic until they shut it down. We use um, Slack is not too bad. Well, I can't. Th- it, it's like Facebook Messenger, but it's not Facebook. Um, very similar sort of messaging program. I can't for the life of me think what it's called. But we use that mostly at work. But for some bizarre reason, some stuff goes on, like 95% of it goes onto that. And then randomly a message will appear in WhatsApp. It's like, why? <laughs> what is that doing there? What? Okay, I wish I could remember the name of that other program we use. I just have a complete blank at the moment. I can see it. <laughs> I use it all the time, but I just can't think what it's called. Is it a common use one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, more than it used to be. I don't know if it's used much... Now, any other things I can think of is like um, Telegram, um, Instagram, um, Slack Teams, Twitch, WhatsApp, Discord. I don't know if I can quickly find it now. I don't know, um, but yeah, it, it's it's very similar to to Facebook in its in its design, but it. Um, it works. Our company started with IRC. That would have been really good. Yeah. Then we went to HipChat, which was from Atlassian in Australia, which was really good, integrated with all their stuff, which we use anyway. Then all of a sudden, they're like, no, we're going to go MS Teams because HipChat is shutting down. Everyone's like, no, you go into an MS Teams chat room. You can't tell who's in there. You can't tell if they are away or not, whereas HipChat would have an icon saying, Jason, and then green if I was available, or red if I'm in a meeting or gone off to lunch or something, which was very, very handy. Now you're just like, hi, Fred, are you here? Please, it's me. Fred, hello. Yeah, pretty much. No, so. I guess Fred's not answering, and then tomorrow Fred's like, oh, I was there. I just didn't get any notifications because this program is terrible. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't for the life of me think what it is, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that like it does everything we need to do. It does photo stories. Like you can share documents, you can share photos, you can do everything you need to do on it. But for some bizarre reason, it's only used for texting. And then when we get to send files, they use WhatsApp. Like, <laughs> Why not just use one or the other instead of both? Why? No, I don't know. I give up. Yeah. I give up. But uh, I suppose while we're talking about Microsoft. Microsoft helped me install Ubuntu Linux on my Windows 10 PC, and it's actually pretty good. Wow. Mm. Never thought you would have said that a few years ago. Know, right? uh, if you've ever suffered through a painful Windows update or watched the display for your MacBook decided to slide or crawl and switch your fan into jumbo jet takeoff mode, you know that there's one and only way to answer your woes. Switch to Linux. Um, of 
you'll find advice off by you scroll through the comments of ZDNet where the army of open source evangelists regularly preaches the gospel of St. Linus, Linus in response to even the most vaguely related bit of news about other platforms. Um, in the interest of keeping up with what's new on Linux, I go through this exercise myself every year or so. So imagine my surprise when this year I was able to build a functional Ubuntu Linux machine in minutes without disrupting my current Windows 10 setup. Even more surprising, Microsoft did most of the work for me. The magic that made all this possible is the Hyper-V virtualization software included with every PC running Windows 10 or Enterprise, 10 Pro or Enterprise, um, not home. Uh, Hyper-V's quick create history, which builds a new virtual machine in just a few clicks, includes not one but three separate Ubuntu images, including the new Ubuntu 20.4. Best of all, these custom images are capable of running a Hyper-V enhanced session, which means you can choose custom display resolution, run full screen, or spanning multiple monitors with performances close to what you get running on a machine. Uh, an enhanced session virtual machine can share Windows, clipboard, local storage, and all the audio hardware in the host machine. Once you've got everything working, you can fire up Ubuntu in full screen mode and work with it as if the Windows 10 weren't even there. Wow. Um, part about getting That's everything fantastic. working isn't quite a figure of speech. The good news is that two, the two-year-old Ubuntu 18.3 LTS version worked perfectly with no fussing required, but the two newer versions had me tearing my hair out. I needed to manually edit a protected Linux configuration file before I could get an enhanced version to work. Um, well, this is a brand new version. Still, after all, once it was done, uh, three working virtual machines give me a pretty decent overview of what's new in Linux. So, Fantastic. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that you can do it all through Hyper-V now. It's just all click and play and install and get yourself Linux on Linux under Windows, but it's almost as fast as Linux under no nothing. Like it, Windows doesn't very minimal impact on it. Obviously, if you've got to see, okay, it's going to come down to system as well. So if you've already got a system that crawls and you've got 47,000 browser tabs open and you try to open a virtual machine, well, you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. You know, so that's, but that's not its fault. That's your fault for being dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but I think it's really Why good. Why would you do that? Um, I think it's really good that that's, that's a thing that you can do now. Um, it's, I mean, it's always been possible with virtual machines and stuff, but it's always been messy. And yeah. having integration with your local PC to copy files and stuff across or, or whatever has always been really painful. Um, you don't need a VMware player or any of those other things that we have to use to install then try and get it to work. Yeah, or do it the other way and install Windows and then use bootloader Lilo or something to install Linux and then have a dual boot and then still have problems because you still can't copy your files across because you can't see the Linux petition. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, so... Wasn't those fun days. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. No, I think it's great. I think it's great. And then Lilo crashes and you lose both operating systems. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> Done that a few times. Or you've accidentally you gotta change the order of the way they boot, so it auto boots into one instead of the other one. And then you accidentally use an invalid format so it auto boots into something that doesn't exist and then it goes into a boot loop and uh, yeah. <laughs> You're stuck. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's good. Yep. I'm I'm I mean <laughs> Given that Windows is based on, well, Unix, um, yep. it's, theoretically, it shouldn't be that hard for it to operate under the native environment because realistically, if you tear all the GUI out of Windows, it's only Unix anyway, so they're, they're much <laughs> They've closer gone from related. hating all competition and hating everybody to let's embrace Google Chromium, let's embrace Linux, well, let's embrace all the things. Uh, at the end of the day, it helps their workflow, and if their workflow is smoother, more people are inclined to use their system. 
Yeah. But they've only just recently figured that. You know where the turning point, it may or may not have been coincidence. But the turning point to me seemed to be when they purchased Minecraft. Ah. It's about that time when they suddenly went, oh, hang on a minute. This is technically not open source, but people can write apps and people can expand on this. And this is going great guns. So why don't we allow similar things, you know, and to me, it just seems about, when was that, three years ago, whatever it was, four years ago when they bought Minecraft? That yeah. just seems to me about the time when Microsoft sort of flipped and they went, okay, well, we're now going to allow people to do things, you know, with us and for us. So maybe if they release a Windows phone now, written, you know, that's compatible with some of the other stuff that's out, you might even be able to use it. <laughs> Somebody was saying, do you remember back in the day when just not long after iPhone came out and then the new Windows phone came out and Microsoft had a burial for the iPhone and they made this giant iPhone out of <laughs> cardboard and they buried it and said, we're going to get rid of the iPhone. Nobody will want them after they get a Windows phone. And they're like, aren't we all enjoying our lovely Windows phone <laughs> these days? Yeah. I had a Windows phone. I had the Nokia I can't think what it was, but then the reason I had I, one of them for work. Then the only reason I had it is because I had an at the time had about the best camera you could get on any on any phone. Yeah, um, that's what I had. That's why the only reason I had it was purely for using for video recording. I didn't use it as a phone. I just used it to record video. Um, and yeah, it was fantastic quality video and and picture. Like it, it at the time when. Most of the Android stuff was was struggling. At, like it could do like 1080p, but like 30 frames. This this was doing 1080p at 60 frames with fantastic color composition and depth of field, and like it's just a beautiful camera. So, well, I remember my it's one of them in your Android phone. Yeah, that's what I didn't. I mean, they they do now, but this was. It took three or four years. <laughs> it took three or four years for everyone else to catch up with that with that camera but i mean nokia isn't necessarily a stranger to having good cameras because i had an n95 yeah and that thing at the time did native 720p resolution at at um like 50 frames a second which was unheard of all the other yeah. frame, all the other cameras are still doing 640 by 480 you know this was doing 720 and like it was just a fantastic it was the one you could flip both ways Flip it one way, you had a keyboard. Flip it the other way, you had a play and pause button and stuff, like a media player. Uh Um, But yeah, it had a fantastic camera for the the day. I look back at some of the footage I've shot now, it still holds up. It's it's not horrible by any means, you know, compared to the other cameras that were around. I've got a YouTube video up, one of my videos I've got up. I've got shots, I've got videos that I took on my Nokia, and then there's other videos that were taken by... One was a like a Mozart or something, and one was like a HTC Go or something like that. <laughs> and you can see every time it cuts and changes videos in the YouTube video because the quality goes quality. from really good to crap to <laughs> crap, really good, crap, 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 good. <laughs> you like well, every one of those good ones. That's the N ninety five. Yeah, yeah. So <sighs> now this is probably not a good idea. <laughs> One analyst has suggested as a suggestion for how Apple could put pressure on Google. Acquire DuckDuckGo. Womp womp. No. Bernstein analyst Tony Sakanagi has said the acquisition of privacy-focused DuckDuckGo would allow Apple to put pressure on Google and tap into lucrative advertising revenue. According to Sakanagi, Apple should acquire DuckDuckGo for around $1 billion 
Doesn't he have shares in? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this is how much you're going to pay for it. <laughs> no, no, $10 million. Yeah, yeah. That's a way to put more pressure on Google and capture the advertising that comes from the search industry. As reported by Street Insider, acquiring DuckDuckGo could serve as a stalking horse to pressure Google. Google is clearly the dominant force in search today. However, we suspect the company's fear of rocking the boat, which could compromise a $15 billion in profits it captures today from iOS, may ultimately limit its freedom of action with Apple. Conversely, Apple would be maybe in a stronger position than at first glance, given it controls the keys to the kingdom on who can monetize iOS search. However, it remains uncomfortably dependent on Bing to act as a counterweight to Google. It's our suggestion that Apple acquire its own search engine. Finally, Microsoft Bing may, counterintuitively, have the most option value vis-a-vis -vis the status quo, although it remains to be seen how aggressively it would pursue this opportunity. Currently, Google is believed to pay Apple upwards of nearly $10 billion to be the default search engine option on iPhone and iPad. Sakanagi says the Google, uh, Google in turn generates around $15 billion in profit from being the default search engine, but he warns that Google could back out of the agreement instead of renewing. But with that being said, the current agreement between Apple and Google counts for a substantial portion of Apple's services revenue every year. Whether or not Apple would be willing to give up that yearly $9 billion payment from Google is unclear, and it would need to have big plans for DuckDuckGo monetization if so. An acquisition of DuckDuckGo wouldn't necessarily mean Apple would even have to change its agreement with Google. Instead, Apple could use its ownership of DuckDuckGo to put pressure on Google and change the terms of the agreement. No. I they don't, don't see that. really understand the concept of DuckDuckGo, do they? <laughs> DuckDuckGo is not something that you want to buy. To it's free. It's open. It doesn't. It's run track, by good people. It doesn't track data. It doesn't sell you data. It doesn't monetize. It does all these things. Why do you think they would even? They wouldn't. They wouldn't even sell. Like they'd prefer, they'd shut the site down. They wouldn't sell it. Yeah. You know they yeah. just that. That's. Just how they walk. Right? DuckDuckGo doesn't want your data. They don't care who that you are. No. They don't want to know who you are. There's a reason it's a default search engine for tours, for onions and tours because it's <laughs> it, it they they just don't don't care. They just do their job. Yeah. And what's really interesting, if you search a a non-mainstream topic, like mainstream stuff, yeah, okay, Google's going to get it most times. But if you search something controversial or something non-mainstream on Google and search the same thing on DuckDuckGo, you'll get entirely different results. Right. And not just different ranked results, different results. You'll get results that don't even appear on Google. Um, Google censoring them. Yeah. You know, all the bigger corporations are paying f to have other ones higher. Um, but yeah, you're, you're literally like, I've, I've done it time and time again. I've typed in, I've actually specifically gone to a website, found the actual website address and pasted the address into both Google and DuckDuckGo. And they haven't even appeared in Google and they've come up on DuckDuckGo. There you go. So they're not just Says a lot. not just censoring search results, they're censoring entire sites. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Not I, terribly impartial, is it? I use DuckDuckGo... Well, I use, not true. I still use Google for 90% of my searches, 95% of my searches. Especially common stuff or readily available stuff or like even simple stuff where you just click, you know, the random or, you know, I'm feeling lucky or 
a lot of the time they'll bring the first paragraph up of a wiki, they'll bring it up under your search. Yeah. That sort of stuff, it's, 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 it's fine, you know. I don't have a problem with it, but yeah, you get those occasional times where you're looking for something and you know you've seen it and you can't find it and you go to DuckDuckGo and it's the first thing that pops up. <laughs> so, um, Speaking of um, browsers, yep. Privacy Browser Brave. You know, we talk about Brave quite often. It's, it's not news to us. We, uh, yeah. we don't use it. Busted for auto-completing URLs to versions it profits from. Oh, Brave is privacy-focused Chromium browser for Mozilla. Co-founder JavaScript creator Brendan Eek, 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 has come under fire for automatically redirecting URLs typed in the browser address bar to a version of the URL it profits from. Brave is trying to carve out new business model by offering users a choice of viewing ads in exchange for Brave's cryptocurrency, the basic attention token, or BAT. Users can tip websites they regularly visit with BAT credits based on the idea that website visitors want to pay sites based on user attention to content instead of ads served. It now has 15 million users who have chosen to pay for its privacy promise. But, as reported by Cryptocurrency News and site Decrypt, Brave was caught redirecting the type URLs for uh, Binance, a popular crypto exchange, to a different version of its site URL that Brave earned revenue from. It was doing this without gaining the consent of the Brave user. The redirect was discovered by Yannick Eckel. Yannick Eckel. Yannick Eckie. Who revealed on Twitter over the weekend, typing in B- uh, Binance.us or Binance.com, in Brave redirects the user to the affiliate link Binance.us slash EN referral, blah, 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 which earns Brave money. Brave promote, promote, uh, promoted the deal it struck with Binance in March to bring the exchange widget to the browser as part of its effort to create a different business model to allow to other browsers such as Mozilla Firefox, which historically earned its money from revenue deals search engines. Widget was designed to make it easy for Brave users to trade crypto. The practice is a betrayal of trust for Brave and users potentially affiliates, which argue it shouldn't be paying for Brave users who type the affiliate URL directly into the bar. Eric, Brave CEO apologized for the redirects and offers the explanation for the behavior, claiming it was a mistake. Because, you know, that... Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not. Oh, we accidentally were earning more money from you. Yeah, it's not great. And sorry again. I'm sad about it too. He wrote, "We've made a mistake. Oh, we're correcting." I'm very sad. We got lots of money. <laughs> uh, we're correcting it. Brave's default auto completes verbatim in the address bar and adds affiliate code. We are a Binance affiliate. We refer users via the opt-in trading widget on the new pad, but auto complete should not add any code. However, other Twitter users challenged the idea of Brave simply made a mistake. <laughs> uh, because it also does it to um, Ledger, Trezor, Coinbase. <laughs> uh, so we accidentally t- did it to lots of different places. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yes. Good one, Brave. So, Brave is supposed to be getting people... Their whole business model <laughs> is people trust them. On the upside, everybody, nobody trusts Google. On the upside, nobody your data's still market. safe. They haven't, they haven't breached your data. You're just making the money, and you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, you might as well install the crypto miner on your computer for them. That's it. Um, you got any more? That's it for me. Okay, a couple of quick ones. <laughs> I, I just love the heading of this one. Uh, where are we? The Australian Electoral Commission makes progress with a 2018 modernisation project. <laughs> 
I saw that. I was like, what? What the hell is that? Project to monetize the systems having reached out to the market in 2018 for help on shaping the future. <laughs> At the time, they said the core software platform in place had been used for around 30 years with its systems environment compromising with about 93 systems and supporting subsystems. The commission has this week has published a request for tender for an enterprise architecture tool seeking help. The norm, they normally operate 90 premises around Australia with 780 staff. When the election is announced, that scales to 8,000 premises and 90,000 staff. Um, as a result, commission seeking t- a dynamic-based business partner. <laughs> they've been they've been at it well, to facilitate access. Uh, they must operate within the ASC standard desktop operating environment, which currently includes Microsoft Windows 10, Microsoft Office, and Outlook 2016, Google Chrome browser, and Adobe Acrobat Reader. The standard desktop environment for remote working is delivered in the Citrix workspace. <laughs> oh, dear. So they're only three years behind. Well, no, because it started, that started in 2016 uh. for, two, for 2018. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, Ubuntu. Uh, uh, <laughs> what? Ubuntu opens the door to talking with Linux Mint about Snap. Now, if you haven't used Linux for a while, traditionally when you wanted to upgrade or you wanted to install a program, you could do it through a sudo command. Um, JS knows better than me. I can't remember the command off the top of my head, but you could you could install a, an RPM or whatever directly from from that using a sudo uh, apt-get command. Yeah. Um, what they've done is they're changing the way that works now to a desktop environment where you can use this thing called Snap. And Snap is basically, I guess, uh, you could think of it as a Windows EXE file. So you point the browser to where you want to go, you click on it, and it installs and everything from the Snap. Um, now, I've run into problems with this. I'm not using Mint. Uh, I'm using a different browser on my laptop, and I can't think of it at the moment. It's a very lightweight, but it's very fast. It's a really nice um, Linux version. Um, it just uses the Snap installation. I cannot get some programs that I use, like Octop- Octoprint, for example, does not have a Snap installer. And the limitation is you can't have both. You can have one or the other. Anyway, so Mint, a while back, um, they use the, the apt soft, the app get side of it, and they've been blocking Snap. Uh, because if you allow Snap to install, it overrides it, and it, you can't use it. And Snap has been available for several years and it's got a lot of users and a lot of programs but not all of them are available so a lot of people who use mint and, and that don't their programs aren't available but so for the last six months or whatever it is mint's been and not just mint but a lot of the a lot of them have been blocking the snap installs um, but so what they're looking at doing now is working it so that now you can run them both together so that you're not restricted to just one of the two applications. Um, and this is, yeah, this is the biggest problem I have at the moment with this laptop I'm trying to install. I love it. The program I'm using is fantastic. It's fast. It works well. It's nice. Just cannot install programs on it because it does not like, um, it does not like Snap. And part of the Snap, yeah, they've got um, Red Hats. Red Hats is Flatpak is the program they use. Flatpak actually is compatible with Snap. Um, but apt and deb and 
RPMs and all the other ones, they're not compatible with it. So, What does YAST stand for? YAST. Yet another installer or something, isn't it? Setup tool, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting that they're they're like, okay, fine, look, we get it. (laughs) You know, let's work together. Yeah, we're all we're all open source here. Let's figure it out. You know. Come on, come on, let's work together. And speaking of Linux thing, SpaceX they've launched thirty-two thousand Linux computers into space for Starlink internet. Um. So basically, each month, each of SpaceX monthly launches of 60 internet-banning satellites carries 4,000 stripped-back Linux computers. SpaceX engineers disclosed um, at a random Reddit Ask Me Anything session, uh, Elon Musk rocket company last week launched more than 60 internet-banning satellites into space on a reused Falcon 9 rocket, bringing its total count to around 480, moving closer to 800 it needs to provide moderate coverage over the U.S., Company plans to launch public beta in the satellite testing soon. Um, they recently applied to the Federal Communication Commission to launch 30,000 second generation satellites over and above the 12,000 they've already got planned. It's also sent 32,000 Linux computers into space for the existing constellation. Wow. Uh, has 30,000 Linux nodes, more than 6,000 microcontrollers in space right now. Um, I wonder if it actually says what they are. I don't, not that I can see. It'd be interesting to know what they're actually running. The little um, like credit card PCs, or uh, it doesn't actually say. No, they can see what they're actually running. They're using they're using it, designing it to use end-to-end encryption. Um, SpaceX engineers are looking out from satellites to gateways and UFO on a stick and user terminals located in household. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that's pretty cool that they've just. Instead of reinventing the wheel and trying to do stuff that they, you know, can't do, they've literally just... Um, just above that picture. Hey. Down, down, down. Stop. As uh, noted by Vaughan Nichols, the ISS runs on a 1988 vintage 20 megahertz Intel 80386SS CPU. Yep, that needs to be hardened against radiation from cosmic rays. That's the National Space Station. <laughs> wow, twenty megahertz. You remember back then? Three eight six SX twenties. Not even a Masco processor. The My first one was a three eight six SX twenty five, so I was even faster. Um I was trying to think what mine was. Well my first one was an XT, but my first No, I had a two eight six a two eight six SX twelve. Then I had a three eight six SX forty that I then found a Masco processor chip for and turned it into a 386DX40. Nice. Yeah, with uh, 4 meg Watch of... Watch Doom run on that. I had 4 meg of RAM. Yeah. I had a Voodoo 1, 1 meg graphics card. I had a Quantum 40 meg hard drive. And played Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> yep, played Wolf all the time. It was one of my favorite games back then. Hexen. And uh, Hexen and Heretic and all those. Right, Rise of the Triad. Rise of the Triads. I, I actually still find myself playing Rise of the Triad sometimes. It's a good one. It's a good game. I like that one. It's so bad. It's good. <laughs> uh, Big Red Racing. So, But yeah, so it's interesting that there's, you know, down the bottom there they say that they don't think that the... Uh, 
the SpaceX engineers didn't divulge what the computing hardware was, uh, but it's likely the computers aren't powerful enough to support the ML applications. <laughs> so <laughs> they probably are literally just, if you think about what they've got they're to do. Intel nuts, right? Yeah, well, they're only throughputting data. So realistically, they could be Arduinos. You know, like they don't have to be real powerful. They're literally just sending data, receiving data, sending data. You know, so yeah, Arduino. Or, yeah, I was gonna say a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I've got uh, oh, I've got the Arduino sitting over there. I've got a another huh. single. You want to see my um my yeah. Minecraft server that I play with, Bub? Yeah, because he's got the Minecraft now, so. There's my Minecraft server. Whoa, that's huge. <laughs> it's uh, it's all heatsink. <laughs> it's a. Uh... You want this tin box I got from the US <laughs> with some throat lollies? When I've finished, you can make it into a case. It's uh, well, to give you an idea, there's the original Pi. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Neo Plus Two, five hundred and twelve meg RAM. I wish I had got the one gig RAM just to run the server a bit better, but I mean it. It plods along happily and runs two-player Minecraft what, server. What Linux do you run on it? Um, running, uh, what am I running? It's got a friendly, uh, f- uh, friendly core OS. Is the Linux? Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, and it's just running. Um, I can only run like version one point eight or something of Minecraft. I can't run anything newer than that. But don't need to for us. Where it does struggle occasionally is if you've got like one person in the nether and one person in the overworld. It really has a hard time doing that. But, you know, for the fact it just like literally runs off, I can run it off a USB power bank. Like I've got a... Well, um, you wouldn't send your son to the nether on his own, I hope. He, he should be under parental supervision in there. <laughs> he goes there by himself. He, he created the portal. <laughs> um, but it's got a built-on Wi-Fi card. Which is really oh, cool because right. I can, when we go away, I can. This has got our stored server on it, so when I go away, I can chuck this in the laptop bag. Then when we get to where we're going, I just plug the USB port of the laptop into this, and I'll take the server with us. There you go. <laughs> so, I thought that's my server's a mini desktop in the lounge. I couldn't take that anywhere with me. <laughs> no, well, it was. I had a laptop as a server, but then when I discovered that runs it, <laughs> well, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just. That's only, what is it, $25 bit of hardware? Yeah. yeah it's ridiculous. does everything you need. Oh, it really. You can use it. There's people who are using them as um, as work. Like, if you've got a point-of-sale system or whatever for work, they're using yeah. those because they, they work perfectly fine as long as your point-of-sale works on Linux. Oh, nice. So. And if it ever stopped working, you can just buy another whole computer. Yeah, well, exactly. Twenty-five yeah. bucks and up it goes again. That's right, exactly. Quickly FTP into it and upload the new, just a, a backup copy of the original one onto the new one, and off you go. <laughs> so, oh, technology is crazy these uh, days. It, it, no, it really is. You're right. Because oh, I was looking at getting, I need to get another um, Pi. Um, I'm going to get the zero. W again, same yep. as we got last time. The they're seventeen dollars for a zero W, and then the power supply, the two amp power supply you need is twenty two dollars. It's like the 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 whole infrastructure of a pie costs less than a power supply now. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. ridiculous. And the sixteen gig SD card's like twenty four dollars or something pre installed with the OS on it. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously you don't need that, but it's sort of like. 
it's seventeen dollars for the thing, or if I buy the power supply and the card, it's suddenly a fifty dollar thing. <laughs> it's like every, <laughs> so. Yeah, supporting the uh, Raspberry Pi Foundation. So that's good. Oh, for sure. I, I don't mind. I'm not. I don't know about buying the memory card because I've got a spare one in this one that I'm not using because this yeah. thing I think is finally just about dead. Yeah. It's uh, hard hard locking quite regularly now. So, mm. but I mean, it's it was on all day every day for. <laughs> five years something (laughs) you know it didn't have a break so i think it's done pretty good thanks for listening to the aussie tech head show broadcast weekly we can be found at facebook.com slash aussie tech heads twitter.com slash aussie tech heads and youtube.com slash aussie tech heads also now at patreon.com slash aussie tech heads sign up for four dollars a month ten dollars a month or from several other higher tiers see the site for details Email us, Glenn, Will Warlock at aussietechheads.com.au. You can hear Aussie Tech Heads on aussietechradio.com, 24-7 back-to-back play of some of the best texture-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. New shows added each Friday. See you next time, guys. Bye. Yeah, let's try that.